was thinking the other day, uh, about a year ago, I lost my Uncle Jack. My Uncle Jack was a, uh, he was quite a character. He was a pilot, lived over in Arcadia, grew up in Arcadia. Um, actually, he's, he's not my biological uncle. He was my great uncle. He married my great aunt, but he's always been around. And Uncle Jack, he, he spent a lot of time with me. He taught me a whole lot about airplanes. He used to fly down into South America. In fact, he, he was, somebody credited him with the first guy to load cows on, a, on an airplane and, and fly them to South America. Um, he was involved with this guy that was kind of CIA type of guy, and he flew a whole bunch of gold out of South America and landed in the Bahamas. And they just left it in the plane overnight, then came back and flew it into the States. Um, later on in his life, he, he flew airplanes, and he'd just fly around looking for fires. And any time a drug plane came into some of those areas over in Hardy County and DeSoto County, the Sheriff's Department would have him come fly them out. He taught me a lot about airplanes. Not only did he teach me about airplanes, he taught me about cows. Because other than airplanes, his next love was cows. And he had some property that had one time belonged to my great-grandfather. And uh, we, he used to take me out there, even from a little kid, he'd, he'd take me, my parents would love to get rid of me, and uh, he'd take me out there and we'd go to, out to Fish Branch and He'd teach me about stringing bob wire and, and what you have to do to cows and how you have to put salve on them at dirt certain times. And, and he just taught me so many things. He taught me some bad things, too, and I won't tell you about those. But he, um, he taught me a lot of things. And this morning, I want to talk to you all a little bit about catching a vision for discipleship. Because See, what he was actually doing is he was teaching me all the things he knew so that I could be better. Our text this morning, Matthew 28, verses 18 to 20. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Our vision statement, as you can see, we have, we're, we're wanting everybody to catch a vision for, for what we're doing here. Our vision statement is reaching the world through the building of relationships. This past week, we built all sorts of relationships in the Bahamas. Uh, the relationships we were building, the, the, the main focus of that was to um, win boys and girls to Christ and, and adults and then to also teach other adults how they can more effectively reach their community. See, we were build, we, we, we've been practicing that vision in the Bahamas. Uh, one of the cool things that we, one of the young ladies over there, the, the pastor's son, uh, daughter, um, her name is Tabitha, she's been trying to get to the States to go to school, and I told her about a college that she didn't know about, and she's very excited, and she may be able to go to that college. So we are making, we are building relationships and, and reaching this world. Now we're going to bring college students from the Bahamas, get them trained, and send them back to do even more. Our mission here at Sunshine is to invest our lives and treasures to build a Bible-centered, spirit-filled body of believers who exemplify Christ's love, and we're doing all that for the glory of God. But to do those things, to have that vision, we have to do discipleship. That's a big church word. It means teaching each other all things that Jesus taught. That's what discipleship is. So, 
I want this in mind, and thinking about my uncle, all the things he taught me, and in private I'll show you, tell you about the bad things he taught me. But we need to understand that, that this is part of a commandment. Remember when we talked about outreach, that this is the Lord Jesus who has all power, all authority. He's the one that, that um, well, he's the creator. He made all this. He sustains all this according to Scripture. He has all the authority to be able to tell us what to do. And we ought to do what he tells us to do. He tells us to teach them all things whatsoever he has commanded. He is the authority. And when we carry out this command, this is what happens. Transform lives. I know we don't, I forget, we don't have a screen, so you're not going to be able to keep up. The first blank, transferred lives. Uh, why we don't have a screen? We're pretty sure that between the heat and humidity, the glue finally let loose and it all fell down. We have to put it back onto the, the roll and, and pull it up, and we'll be working on that this week, how we might be able to best do that. Transform lives. Think about what God's done in your life. I was a mess until I met Jesus. Then I got saved. Man, what a wonderful thing that was. I was on my way to heaven. But you know what? I didn't know anything. I couldn't do anything. My life was still pretty much, the only difference in my life at that point was that I was going to heaven until people started to teach me, until people started to invest in my life. They started to teach me what the Bible says. They started to explain what the Bible says, and it resulted in a transformed life. And those transformed lives, second blank, produces Christ followers. You're going to see that term a lot today, Christ followers, because everybody's a Christian. You talk to everybody will say they're a Christian. In the Bahamas, I've never seen so many churches in all my life. There'll be two or three on one street right next to each other. And I ask them, how, why is there so many churches? Why are we here? There's churches everywhere. Well, what happens there is somebody in the congregation will decide they can do better than the preacher, so they'll just go next door and start another church because as a preacher, you have great um, respect. Uh-huh. So there's churches everywhere. problem with those churches are everywhere. They're not spreading the gospel. So we don't want to just be Christians. We want to be Christ followers. We want to follow Christ. We want to be like Christ. That's what Christian means. But that term has just been kind of blurred over. We want to be Christ followers. So when we obey this command, transformed lives happen. Christ followers happen. And new believers happen. New believers. Or Young people receive Christ as their Savior this week. Blake, was that the big kid was James, right? What, what did he tell you when he came back? Something like, I know I'm a sinner, I'm in trouble, and I want to get saved? Yeah. And we had little kids who, who, they were getting the gospel. And then when you'd ask them now, have you ever sinned? No, no, no. <laughs> um, but they were learning. They were understanding. New believers were produced because our young people who have been being discipled are able to go and share their faith and new believers are produced. 
see it's an amazing thing. So this morning, what I want you to understand, what I want you to get, is that we must catch a vision for discipleship. It's, a, it, it's imperative that we, we not only win people to Christ, but that we make them disciples who can also make disciples. How do we do that? Number one, by studying the curriculum for discipleship. And the first part of that is we have to teach the Word. Teach the Word. Fill, fill that in. Matthew 28, 20. Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Well, what are we supposed to teach? Where do we find everything that he's commanded us? We find it in Scripture. If you were here at 8.30 this morning for Sunday school class, you would have heard Dennis start teaching about, he's teaching Bible doctrines. And I think last week that I wasn't here, he covered Scripture. And he probably used this verse. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. We are supposed to teach the Word, teach the Bible. Here's another verse. I love this, this passage. 2 Timothy 2.23 says, But foolish and unlearned questions avoid, knowing that they do gender strifes. Okay, when I was in Gainesville, there was uh, that's a lot of smart people. And we'd be out talking to somebody, and I'll never forget that some guy came to me, and he goes, well, was Christ peckable or impeccable? And you're going, what? That's exactly, that's exactly the right response. What? It's a big theological d debate, and you can Christ center, did he? It, it doesn't, it could, it, is he, anyway, let's just not even go there. Did Adam have a belly button? What does that have to do with if you're going to heaven or not? Who cares? Right? Stay away from those foolish and unlearned questions. Avoid those. Oh, by the way, don't watch your politics talk. Can I tell you, I, I've been praying and thinking. There's been strong believers who have been wrong. I was thinking about Stonewall Jackson. He was a strong, strong believer, but he was on the wrong side of Scripture in the Civil War. Slavery needed to be abolished. And he didn't. He was on the wrong side of that. So you can be a believer and on the wrong side of an issue. Now, I know you don't believe that, but you can be. So here's the best thing. You're not going to fix politics anyway. They're, they're going to do their thing. And so let's just be about teaching others what the Scripture says. So, there's enough of those foolish, unlearned questions. Let's go on. And the servant of the Lord must not strive. That means you don't got to straighten everybody out. But listen to what, how he tells us where to teach. But be gentle unto all men, apt to teach, patient, in meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves. If God, peradventure, will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth, and that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil, who are taken captive by him at his will. You see, as we teach God's word, we're got to be patient. 
We have to be understanding. We, we just can't straighten everybody out. Now, my personality and my, I would like just to go straighten everybody out. I'm not sure how to do that. Some of y'all can't be straight. But, you know, we've got to be patient. I'm glad people were patient with me. And I'm sure you're glad people are patient with you. We have to be gentle. And, you know, here's the thing. We have a little bit older crowd in this service. The next service is quite a bit younger. You know, there's people out here today in their 30s, some even in their 40s that have never read a Bible. You're going, oh, let me tell you, that's the truth of the matter. 20-some years ago, when we were in Gainesville, and I was leading some Bible studies on the campus of the University of Florida, I said something about David and Goliath in a college meeting, and a kid raised his hand, who is David and Goliath? Who is David and Bathsheba? I'm going, don't you, didn't you ever watch any movies? See, we assume people know things, and they don't. You'd be surprised at the ignorance level out there. It's just not taught anymore. We have to teach those. We have to teach those in meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves. That's a really interesting thing, isn't it? We are opposing ourselves. That's where we all are. We're our own worst enemies. But as we teach, God will give us an acknowledgement of the truth. We can turn and look at the, verse 26. And they recovered themselves from the snares of the devil. We are able to repent and come to God. Teaching the Word of God. Now, there's the theology. Let me give you some practical things. What do we do here to teach God's Word? Well, right now we have a Sunday school at 8.30. We have uh, our early service at 9.30. And um, then the ladies have a class at, what, 10.30? As soon as this is over, ladies go over here and, and they have a t- class. 11 o'clock, we have a service back here. 5 o'clock, we have a life group um, that I teach. By the way, we will be having that tonight, those of you who come. We will be there. And I, I have a tendency to forget to tell you all those things. Uh, uh, David has a, a group over here called the Man Cave, and I don't know what they do in there, but it, it's something. And then we have Wednesday night, we have a service back here. We On the far side, we have, uh, um, right now we're doing a VBS program for our kids. It's amazing. We're all dressed up in, in Roman costumes, and it's a lot of neat stuff happening back there. Um, how you doing back there as Paul? Are you you're still hanging in there as Paul? Yeah, you're teaching those kids what it means to be suffer for Jesus. Yeah. Paul, it's Paul in the underground church, and and. So we have that. We have a a prayer and Bible study here. And you know what? For last year, we've changed our services. And you know, we figured something out. We're missing the boat on some life group things, on some Sunday school things. So starting in October, we're going to change our service times. You ask me, what time is it? I don't know yet. We're still kind of working this out. But what we're going to do is we're going to have an early service. Then we'll have a Sunday school hour. And then we'll have a later service. That'll do us several things. That gives us more opportunity to make disciples, right? It also gives an opportunity for people from the the later service to meet you all, and you all to meet the people from the later service. Now, let me tell you something. Some of them are scary looking, okay? They look like the rest of the world out there. Yeah, it's it's kind of a, it's a little scary. And, uh, but 
They're, they want to know about Jesus. And you have such an opportunity to teach them. So we're going to change our services. And then we'll have a later service. Tentatively, we're looking at this. We've got to figure out who can get here, how early people can get here. But we're talking about starting the early service at 9 o'clock, um, Sunday school at 10.15, and the later service at 11.15. That way we don't have people here too early. Those of you who are used to getting here at 8.30, you can hang out for another 30 minutes. We have an opportunity to make more disciples. By the way, life groups... It's something we really had a burden for, and we haven't quite been able to kick all that off. Do you guys realize that there are people out there that no matter what we do, we'll never get them in here? They'll never come. They're scared of church. That, you say church, they're going to go, oh, no, no, no. But you know what would happen? If you invited them to your house to have a little bit of a meal, maybe a snack, and do a Bible study, that's what a life group's about, they'll come. And you can start teaching them the things of the Bible. You can start making disciples. You know what will happen? Oh, wait a minute. They'll be new believers. They'll be transformed lives. They'll be more Christ followers. And we'll teach you how to do that. We got opportunity for mission trips. Missionary we're just with, Rick Schusler. He's an interesting missionary in that he doesn't go someplace start a church, stay in the church, and be there forever. He is helping local pastors all throughout the Caribbean. Projects all throughout. He, he had just taken a team from the Bahamas, some of the ones we worked with, went to San Martin, and uh, um, did a work there. Uh, there. He's in Haiti, he's in Trinidad, he's in several different islands, and he loves mission trips. And he doesn't just love little kid or young people mission trips. He likes to bring older folks in. And he won't put you up the way we were. He, he'll take good care of you. He likes trips of guys who can come and build things. You see, we have opportunities throughout this world to make disciples. Um, I saw my Facebook post this morning that brought back five years. Five years ago, I was in Manchester, England. It was 2012. It was the, the Olympics. And we were doing a vacation Bible school with a church in in, in Manchester, and then we went to the Olympic Stadium, oh well, it, it, Old Trafford Stadium, the soccer stadium, they call it football there, and the USA women were playing the North Korean women, and we were handing out tracks with the wordless book, and in about 45 minutes, we handed out over 2,000 pieces of gospel literature. People, ladies in full burkas were taken. Ladies, uh, I talked to Chinese men, and we talked and, and gave the gospel. It was an amazing thing. And we were showing a church in Manchester, England, how they could do outreach and make more. We were making disciples who were making disciples. So we have got to teach the word. Not only do we have to teach the word, but we have to preach the word. Now, do you guys know the difference in teaching and preaching? Well, preaching, you yell a lot. But if you come to Dennis's class, he yells a lot in teaching. So, <laughs> now, Listen, folks, um, I'll try to be still. I, I like to walk a lot, and some of y'all, that might be distracting. I'm sorry. Preaching demands a decision. When you walk out of here this morning, you're going to know that you ought to catch a vision for discipleship. 
You're going to make a decision. I'm either going to catch a vision for discipleship or I'm not. That, that is the decision we keep pounding to. And I'm telling you how to do it. We've got to teach the word. We've got to preach the word. 2 Timothy 4, 1 says, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word. Be instant in season and out of season. Rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. I think that's here now. But after their own lust, shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. We've got to preach the word. We have got to put it in a way where people have got to make a decision. They're either going to reject Christ, they're either going to reject his principles, or they're going to follow those principles. That's what a, that's what a preaching is. You're put to the place where you've got to make a decision. And this morning, several of you are going to make a decision to either catch a vision for, for disciple-making or not. You're going to catch a vision. You're either going to be obedient to God or you're not. We have to teach the Word and we have to preach the Word. But not only that, if we are going to make disciples, if we are going to catch this vision, it has to be by the older teaching the younger. Titus 2, verses 1 through 15, gives you a great, great example. It's talking about the older men teaching the younger. It's talking about the, the older women teaching the younger. It's older to younger. Let's go back to my Uncle Jack. He taught me about airplanes and cows. My dad taught me all sorts of things. All sorts of things. I'll never forget. I want to go watch cartoons, right? Dad said, no, no, you stay out here with me. We're going to fix this boat motor. And then you get to drive the boat. That was enough. That was enough motivation to not watch cartoons. So he taught me how to take apart a, a Johnson 35 and take parts from an Evinrude 35 and put them all together and get one motor. It was a John Rude. Those of you who are familiar with boat motors know that they were interchangeable. As older, teaching the younger. 2 Timothy 2.1 Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that thou hast heard of, of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Man, I am so happy and so blessed that David has taken the time to do a man cave. Because you know what's missing in our, our Christian world today, our Christ follower world, is strong men. Men who will teach and take the time to, to put into younger men. We've been so blessed. Um, I have a son. Some of y'all know him. He's a little short, skinny guy um, with a very loud voice. Good preacher. But Zachary, he, he's on staff at a church over in uh, Celebration. He handles all sorts of things for them. He did youth. Now he does music. He's administrative pastor. He just does a lot of things. Very talented young man. One of the reasons my son is the man he is today is because men in this church invested in his life. From the time he was a little kid, 
he'd go on visitation. He loved to go on visitation because the guy he went on visitation with would take him and get ice cream. Dick, he, he made you do that one time too, didn't he? Yeah. He uh, would work with, uh, with Jim Hall, who, who's now moved from this area. Jim taught him how to do lots of different work. He used to work with Dave. Dave Frazee, learning, I don't know how Zach did all that stuff, learning those, those radio things. Men in this church poured their lives and were examples to him, and he became a strong man because of that. It's the older to the younger. Y'all remember that apprentice relationship? It's always the older to the younger. You know what we're missing today? Is that apprentice relationship, older to younger. That's why, why younger men, man, they freak out when you, when you um, treat them like you were treated when you came up. Because they don't know how to, how to handle that. They don't know how to handle all that kidding and that hard time stuff. You've got to be a little lighter. That's why the most successful coaches today have a whole different mindset than the old school guys. My football coach played at Alabama under Bear Bryant, and that was his style of coaching. That style just doesn't make it today in, in football. It's got to be the older people teaching the younger people. You have a wealth of information. You have a wealth of knowledge, a wealth of wisdom that needs to be passed on. I know young people look different today. Bowie, you look different when you were young. Yeah. When I was young, I had hair down to here. Some of y'all, I would love to see pictures of some of y'all back in the 50s and early 60s. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was in high school in the 70s, and that was really bad, too. Listen. I know it's a scary world. You know that these kids are different than you are. They've come. You realize a kid who, my kids, my youngest is 25, he's always had a computer in the house. You, things are so different, but they need you to teach them. By the way, they can teach you a few things when it comes to, to electronics and, and things. It's the older investing in the younger. That's how disciples were made. One of the great times that I ever had was uh, a younger guy, and we worked together. Stephen Taylor. He, uh, he, he helped me fix Gretchen's car one time. Gretchen, had, uh, it was slick, and the brakes locked, and she ran into the back of a, a truck. The, the <laughs> truck didn't bother the truck. She hit the... The, um, the uh, yeah trailer hitch, and it just messed up her front end, and he didn't. It was no sweat off of him at all, but she had this messed up front end on her Reliant K car. So I took Stephen and he came over, and we I went to the junkyard, got some parts, and we worked together underneath that car, and we were putting everything back together. And you know what? I got to spend a lot of time teaching him things. On this mission trip we were just on, lots of young people. Take them aside at different times. There's always teachable moments that you can teach. Some of you all, oh, you can just, sometimes you may need some help at home. Maybe you can take one of these young guys and you can talk to them and teach them as they're helping you do a chore. Older 
to younger. Older to younger. That's how we got here, folks. The older to younger. We're going to have opportunities as the time goes to do more and to do more and to do more of that. Then, finally this morning, we're going to catch a vision for discipleship. Not only are we going to study the curriculum, we're going to study the Bible, preach the Word, teach the Word. It'll be the older teaching the younger, but we have got to come together to encourage and to comfort one another. Hebrews 10, 23. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Listen, we need each other. We need each other. This Lone Ranger stuff doesn't make it. We need each other. We need encouragement. Let me tell you something. When we were on that trip and uh, Kendra got sick, our kids needed to go see her. They needed to go see her. They let, her up, they let them all up in the hospital. Had a really nice guard. There's guards everywhere there. Did you know that? You've been to Bahamas? Yeah. Those of you who've been to Bahamas, you go to the tourist area. We weren't there. We came there later in the week. We were in, you'll see pictures next week. Um, I'm hoping some parents won't get squirrely about it. We were not in what we would call nice neighborhoods. Um, I don't know that there's any neighborhoods that bad in this area. There's some places over in Arcadia. There's some places in inner city. Uh, but we were very safe. The folks there are wonderful. But our people, our kids needed each other to encourage each other. And when Kendra got sick and went to the hospital and had the operation, our kids needed to see her and she needed to see them. By the way, first thing she asked for is she was coming out of her anesthesia and in the room. Can I have my phone? Started blowing up, I don't know. Uh, whatever apps that she was using, Facebook, Snapchat, whatever was going on, she started getting the message out. We need each other. Boy, I needed you all to, to take care of the Homeless Coalition, and you went over and ab above. I heard there's 25 people here to help with that. Praise the Lord. Man, but we need each other. You know why we do life groups? Because we need each other. Now, I know in a big Sunday school class, you can, you can uh, get a lot of good teaching, but we need each other. You realize even in big Sunday school classes, we used to break it down into little care groups is what we called it, right? Six to eight people, they try to take care of each other. We need to take care of each other. We need each other. That's why we need to come together. That's why we need to, that's why we need to come to church. That's why we need to come on Wednesday nights. That's why we need youth groups. We need activities. That's why we need life groups. We need each other. And the most effective discipleship is done in a small group setting. How many, how many guys did, did Jesus really pour into during his ministry? Twelve. And he super poured into three. And because of that, we're here. And billions of people 
have come to know Christ. When we are in groups of 12, we can take care of each other. We can bear one another's burdens. When we meet together, we can bear one another's burdens. We can care for each other. We can take care of each other. As the Bible says. And we can produce disciples who will produce more disciples. And more will come to know Christ. And more lives will be transformed. And we will be catching that vision to reach the world by building relationships. If you're here this morning and you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, today's a great day to do that. We've been telling the kids all week long, God did not make it hard for us to receive forgiveness of our sins. We have to believe. We have to admit that we've sinned, that we've missed the mark, that we've done things, said things, and thought things that displeased God. We have to admit that. Then we have to believe. We have to believe that God the Son came to this earth as a child, grew up, experienced every temptation that we have, yet was without sin, and willingly gave his life and shed his blood so that we could be forgiven. He took our punishment. He was buried. He rose again the third day. Knowing those two things is not quite enough. You have to call on him and ask him to forgive you. You have to ask him. Easy as, God, I know I'm messed up. Help me, save me, forgive me. One of my best friends, his salvation prayer was, help me. His life became transformed. If you're here and you've never trusted Christ, wow, today's the day you can do that. If you're here and you've not been involved in discipleship, this Folks, you all have enough knowledge to teach somebody that has less knowledge. It's like a bunch of ducks. You got a mama duck walking along, and every duck behind him knows something. He knows where to follow that duck, that duck in front of him. You can teach someone. There's always someone. You say, well, I just don't know enough. Yes, you know a whole lot more than most people. You can teach them. You can disciple them. Make a decision today to disciple, to make disciples, to teach others all things that Jesus has taught you. And when you learn something new, then you go teach them again. But you all can do that. And you will see transformed lives. You will see new believers. You will see Christ followers. And you will see God build His church here and throughout the world when we're obedient. Let's pray together. Father, as we come to you this morning, we're thankful. Thankful that, Lord, really following you is not that difficult. We just have to love you. We have to love others. We have to make disciples who make disciples. Father, uh, I pray this morning for those of us who are here this morning that, Lord, if there's one in here that doesn't know you as Savior, that during this next time of invitation, they won't wait.
they'll come and, and ask someone to, that we can show them from God's word how they can be saved and know for sure that heaven's their home. For the rest of us who are here, who are our believers, Lord, may we not just be believers, but may we become disciplers. May we teach all those things you've taught us to others. That you might be glorified. That you might be lifted up. We praise you. We thank you. Lord, may we glorify you. In Jesus' name. Let's stand. We're going to play a hymn of invitation. Whatever God has laid on your heart this morning, be obedient to that. You can make that decision where you stand. Thank you.